Welcome to the Vision Podcast, a podcast that explores news, topics, and information of interest to the faculty, staff, and friends of the Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences. I'm your host, Karen Brown. And I'm your host, John Burrow. Greetings and welcome to the 30th edition of the Vision Podcast. We are glad you are able to join us on this milestone episode as we are looking at episode number 30. We're really excited. With the spring semester in full swing here at Mississippi State University, we wanted to start off highlighting one of the exciting events taking place here within the College of Arts and Sciences in February. We are happy to have back with us Professor Josh Foreman of MSU's Department of Communication to discuss with us the 2022 Story State Competition. Professor Foreman, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. I'm happy to be here. And we know we had you last year about this time. And of course, we wanted to have you back because we loved our conversation and excited that you're looking at year number two for a wonderful competition and also event, and that is Story State. Um, Before we get to that, if you could tell our listeners to remind them a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing this past year. Yeah, so I am a faculty member in the communication department and I teach um, on the print journalism side. So I also advise the reflector, that's kind of what I do. And what I've been doing over the past year, um, other than just all the other things is we have been, me with the, the committee and the communication department have been planning the Story State event. And, um, you know, the first step is always, who do we want to invite to participate? So um, once you make that list, then you have to contact everybody. Then you have to get a, a, a commitment from everybody. Then you have to get, you know, a, a date to meet everybody. So that is a bulk, a big bulk of um, how Story State started earlier in the year. So that's kind of what we've been busy with. That's a lot of work and a lot of scheduling. So kudos to you. It's a lot of organization. Yes. And Professor Foreman, uh, so what's on the slate for the competition this year? Well, um, last year, so I was really happy that we had, um, I think we ended up having about 10 people and this year we're going to have nine. Um, I love that we get to highlight working storytellers. So most of the people we have are people who are um, actually doing this right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull out a few. Um, I went up to Pontotoc before Christmas and I got to visit Terry Harmonica Bean. And um, he is one of our great blues men who has picked up the torch that was kind of left by Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and um, those blues men who, who are so famous. So, Did he know uh, them? He, well, he is in the next generation. Now okay. he, he is an older guy because, you know, you're talking about back in the, in the sixties or so when, when those people were in their prime. So he kind of has all these family stories of, Muddy Waters coming to his house and, and meeting his dad and this and that. But um, he knows all the next generation. So he knows people like um, Dwayne Burnside, who 
is a great um, hill country blues man that we had last week on, or last time on Story State. So he knows him and he knows Chris Kingfish and uh, who's this great young guitarist who's really popular now. So he kind of, he's kind of part of that group. But um, I, I was going to mention that um, from the very beginning, you know, three years ago when we started planning this, we wanted, um, we kept thinking, you know, we're, we're so close to Philadelphia and the uh, Mississippi Band of Choctaw Indians, and it's just this untapped resource. Why, why don't we try to get someone from the tribe who's a storyteller to participate in Story State? So I'm really happy that we got Doc Combi this year. He's a Choctaw tribal elder. Um, he has been, he's had many roles in, within the community there, but uh, he's been the sheriff. That might be what he's best known for. Okay. And he's just kind of a pillar of the community. And so I visited um, Philadelphia and, and interviewed him. And he's got some wonderful stories from when he was growing up um, many you know decades ago and how different Mississippi was then. And uh, another one I was going to bring out was Lynn Oldshoe. So Lynn is, um, she is an old, she does come from an old and well-known Mississippi family, the Hederman family. So they owned the Clarion Ledger for many years and published oh. the Clarion Ledger. And so when she was, she came to state for school and she kind of was pushing against the uh, uh, journalism. She's actually a communication department graduate, but she didn't study journalism because she didn't want to just do what her family had always done. So anyway, she ends up moving to Mobile and she just has this urge to be a journalist, <laughs> essentially. It's so in her blood. So she ends up interviewing people. She just decides like everyone has a story and she just starts interviewing people. And she's done over 1800 interviews now. Wow. She records them. She films her interviewees and she um, organizes them all on her website, OurSouthernSouls.com. So we had her come to visit Starkville and kind of talk about what she's done with all of her work. So um, those are just three. We have um, a, uh, how many other six others who are all in different fields and um and it's going to be fantastic just like it was last year so and i guess that leads me to my question for you as you're talking about these individuals and how they came to their own with storytelling what constitutes a story because aren't we all storytellers or are certain storytellers professionals how do you define that it's a it's a tough question. Um, I think absolutely we are all storytellers. And um, I was thinking about that question and I, and I thought, OK, if <laughs> you you're a I novelist, <laughs> you know, if you're a novelist or if you're a filmmaker, you're you're telling a story in a very direct way. Right. And everybody is familiar with with a narrative that's written as a novel or as watching a movie. But what about, you know, we've got musicians in Story State and we've got painters and we've got PR people. So I said, I was thinking, what if you're a musician? So what, what jumped into my mind was my favorite blues man, John Lee Hooker. Okay. And I think you being from Chicago, you know, John Lee Hooker is <laughs> kind of associated more with Chicago, but he grew up in uh, Mississippi in the Delta. So he is a, a true like yeah. Delta blues man. Um, and he, and a song jumped into my mind. So I'm thinking, 
I know John Lee Hooker's a great storyteller, but how does he tell a story with his music? So this song popped into my mind called A Goodin. And this is a song that he did in the 70s. And the lyrics are really simple. The whole song is about how he has a good one. My baby, she's a good one. She tells me, I love you. She doesn't stay out all night. She's a good one. And he keeps repeating over and it's such a fantastic song. So I hope everyone will go to Spotify and listen to the song after they hear this. But over and over again, he says, she's a good one. So he's just telling the listener, I'm happy because I found a good one. About halfway through the song, he switches. She was a good one. Oh, no. <laughs> There's the story. <laughs> so I always thought it was so funny in such a subtle way. He starts to tell a story. Something happened like halfway through the song. His baby left him or something happened. Something went wrong. So now it's like she was a good one. And, um, and then at another part in the song, he says, I have a good one this time. And he starts using the phrase this time. So now you can see the past where he's had a lot of bad ones in the past. So it's the past, the present, the future. So he kind of, he's giving you this passage of time and this conflict without even really going into detail. And um, I thought that was a good example of storytelling in a very subtle and fun way. Um, by John. I love that. Yeah. So would you say it's a story in an art form? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think um, absolutely, there's story there. And, you know, some ballads, like I always loved um, Bob Dylan. He's such a great singer of ballads. Mm. And you, you listen to the song and it's like he's, it's like reading a novel. There's so much detail and there's so much a sense of conflict and drama. But, um, you know, with John Lee Hooker, there's just little hints there. that it, it, To me, it really makes the song, the yeah. fact that he slipped those in there genius and uh i guess the next obvious question and, it, and it's a big question but why focus on story why are stories so important well i think you know stories are the ancient every human being is literally hardwired to hear stories to learn from stories um i recently read a book about kind of how culture is evolutionary. So culture, we think of evolution and we think of our genes and our, you know, reproduction and new generations being born, but culture is also evolutionary because um, if, you, if you have great stories in your culture, which, you know, I, the, the author of the book was saying there are stories in our culture that were passed down literally from prehistory so long ago that we don't know. Mm -hmm. They may be like 10,000 years old and we just don't know. Like biblical stories that were, you know, written down um, a shorter period of time ago, but may be 10,000 10, years old. And so those stories teach us how to live as they get passed from generation to generation to generation. So they're an evolutionary strategy in that sense mm -hmm. that help new generations of people navigate the world and be successful. So I, I think, you know, when you're talking about something that's that hardwired and that ingrained into the human brain, then it's impossible that we could ever even think that we're not storytellers. 
And that's so what this, oh, sorry, Karen. Go ahead, John. As I was say, and, and, and I think that's what this competition's about. It's about embracing and celebrating us as storytellers. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, the contest is for students. So, you know, university students at, at any university, college, community college in Mississippi. And, um, you know, anybody who's ever tried to be a storyteller professionally knows there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of rejection. There's not a lot of money at first, I guess, unless you get really lucky. But how can we encourage people to be storytellers? How about a little reward? How about a little acknowledgement that this is a great story? Here's $100 or $150. So mm -hmm. I think a little bit of encouragement is, is a good way to um, bring some of those young storytellers out and get them to share their work with a larger audience. So I want to ask you about this. So I'm going to, it's kind of a two-parter. If you had a piece of advice for a would-be storyteller, what would it be? And then here's part two with that. So for example, a lot of people tell me I've got a great story. I don't know what platform I would put it on. So for example, I'm adopted, I've adopted, and then I found my birth mother. And every time people hear that story, they're like, that's such a great story. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a would-be storyteller, how would I pick a platform? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let me start with the um, first question, which is what's a tip for storytellers? And this is, I, your, your listeners might think this is kind of funny, but I, I thought of a good example of, um, that illustrates my first tip, okay? So when I was seven, 16, 17 years old, in Rankin County, Mississippi. I had a job as a uh, landscaper, worked at a landscaping center in Rankin County, and I helped customers. So when there wasn't a, no, I didn't help customers with plants. Literally, I was carrying things for customers, like that kind of help, right? <laughs> and, you were um, the help. <laughs> yeah. So when there were no customers, there was, I was just standing there kind of waiting for the next customer, and I always had the Clarion Ledger because the, the gardening center subscribe so i would always do the cryptogram and then i would always open up to the comics page and i would always look i loved calvin and Hobbes; that was always my favorite and then i would always look at snuffy smith and i don't know if y'all are familiar with snuffy smith but this comic is nearly a hundred years old it's about a kind of a hillbilly caricature and it's just you know he's married to this you know, big, big woman who's like twice as big as him. And they just, you know, it's about their like domestic life. And I always thought that the Snuffy Smith cartoons were so bad and so unfunny. I was mystified. Like, how <laughs> is this cartoon in the newspaper every day? How did this happen? And so they would just every day print Snuffy Smith. And I started clipping it out. And um, I would go show it to people that I worked with. Hey, look at Snuffy Smith today. Wow. This is terrible. So here's an example. I've got a Snuffy Smith in front of me. It's um, Snuffy Smith with his wife and his wife is saying, how come the only thing I ever get any help with around here is the grocery list? And then Snuffy Smith is just holding up the grocery list. And that's the whole ca cartoon. That's it. <laughs> 
so anyway, I'm thinking, I've thought about this for my whole life, like for the last 20 years. I'm like, why is Snuffy Smith in the newspaper? So my conclusion is, I don't like Snuffy Smith and I don't think it's funny, but obviously there are people out there who like it, right? So if you're, if you're a storyteller, the, the lesson is just tell your story. And you, maybe not everyone's going to like it. And maybe some people are really going to mock you. But just tell it. And somewhere out there, there's an audience. Do it. And don't just do it once. Do it so many times that they could put it in the newspaper every single day. They could publish it for Snuffy Smith every day. So that's advice. Just do it. And someone out there is going to appreciate it. And if you just do it over and over again, you're going to get some success and recognition. I love that piece of advice. I think so many of us are worried about people that are going to say they don't like it. And so we don't do it, right? Oh, yeah. I got um, my my writing partner, Ryan Barrett, and I have published a few small books with the History Press, books about narrative history. And we did a book about New Orleans called Hidden History of New Orleans. And so like once every six months, I'll just go on to Goodreads to see like how many new reviews it's gotten. It's gotten good. It's gotten like, you know, four and a half out of five or something and with about 20 reviews. So, you know, I'm pretty happy. But I looked at a review the other day not particularly well written and oh, no. I just had to say okay well Ouch. I'm happy I put it out there anyway even if this one person didn't think it was well written I'm hopefully other people do you know it's done pretty well so um you just have to kind of put it out there <laughs> right exactly yeah and for the second part you ask how would how do you tell your story and what medium do you choose I think that depends on who you are. Um, I, what jumped into my mind when you said your story is memoir. Oh. So you just kind of exploring your experiences in writing, narrating it in first person, making meaning of your experiences by a lot of thought and deliberation and writing. But that's one of many ways you could tell a story. I'm not a musical person, but maybe you're more, maybe you would love to write a ballad like Bob Dylan, or maybe just a funny little song with a few little subtle clues about your story like John Lee Hooker. Maybe you're a filmmaker, maybe you're a photographer. I don't know. I think you have to just decide what medium kind of calls to me. And for me, it's writing and it's always been it was drawing when I was young. I love to draw and, and make visual art. So. Well, you've inspired me. Maybe I'll be on story <laughs> state someday. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you, you know, if you, if you look at Stephen King, um, I have his book. Let me see if I can grab his book real quick. Uh, it's called on writing and it's like often quoted. It's his little memoir slash writing guide that he published about um, two, about the year 2001 or so. He, he gives you some really good guidelines that I'm trying to follow myself. Sit down, write 2,000 words a day, every day for three months. What happens after that? You have a draft. Wow. So, yeah. You know, it's easy to say, and, and, but really, like Stephen King, if you follow that advice, you would have a draft. So that's what I want to do. I've, I've never written fantasy or fiction really at all. 
but I want to take Stephen King's advice one day and set aside three months and sit down and write 2000 words a day and just see what, what I get, what comes out after three months. What do you have to lose? Exactly. And then you won't be, you know, you won't be laying on your deathbed thinking, man, I I had a really great novel in my head, but I just never wrote it. Well, uh, Professor Foreman, we really appreciate you joining us. It was good to see you again, and we're excited about the story state. If people want more information about the competition and then um, about you. The deadline, and John, the deadline for the competition comes quickly, right? Right. February 11th. February 11th. Okay. Yeah. We have our um, story state website that's on the university it's storystate.msstate.edu. And um, that's got all of our information on presenters, contest submission instructions and things like that. So we try to make that the one-stop place that you can get all the information about Story State. That sounds great. And Professor Foreman, we appreciate everything you do to bring Story State. John, was there anything else you wanted to add? I was just gonna say, we'll include that information, the link um, in the show notes. So if people want, if our listeners want to check it out, it'll be there in the show notes, but. Perfect. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We have an exciting podcast schedule for this year, and we appreciate the continued support from all of you. If you have an idea for an episode or a question, please email me, Karen Brown, at kbrown at deanas.msstate.edu and we'll see you next time. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the Vision Podcast. Be sure to visit our website www.cas.msstate.edu for more information about the College of Arts and Sciences. Please be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We'd appreciate you helping us spread the word, letting others know about the podcast. You can also stay up to date on news and information about the College of Arts and Sciences by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Mississippi State University College of Arts and Sciences, learning through discovery.